Welcome on in. It is time to recap and review week 13, the final week of the Big 12 football season. I'm Pete Mundo. We're Heartland College Sports Weekly, part of heartlandcollegesports.com, your independent Big 12 digital media outlet. And we are putting week 13 in the books. I am in a uh, different location visiting family for of course, Thanksgiving. So if you're watching on YouTube or Facebook Live, you'll notice maybe a big different backdrop than usual. But uh, like many of us, traveling, family for the holidays. But we are not missing this show, especially since it's the end of the regular season in the conference. So let's get right to it. Normally, I will talk about these games in order. Okay? I am not going to do that. Because we have to start with the top story of the day and the top story of the game of the weekend, and that is Bedlam. The insanity that was Oklahoma State beating Oklahoma 37-33 to in this game on Saturday night. And a lot of complaining about the officiating. All right, I know people want to go there. That is not why OU lost this game. It's not. You have 149 plays in a game, in this game in particular. It was not lost because of a simple officiating call on a missed pass interference, potentially, or a picking up of a flag. There's no guarantee that would have changed the outcome of this game. There just isn't. And that's not me being anti-OU, all right? People who know my story know I used to work in Oklahoma, in Woodward. I covered OU. I respect OU. I have, um, you know, I'm a Big 12 guy first and foremost, but I am not somebody who has not sat here and for the last six months understood why OU has left this conference or will be leaving this conference. I, of course, hate that they're leaving. I don't like the way that they leave, they left, but I can certainly understand the process to deciding to leave. So it's not an anti-OU thing. It, it is not for me in analyzing this game and analyzing what happened on Saturday night in Stillwater. That's not what this is about for me. It's about the fact that if we are looking at how this game played out, let's be honest. I mean, you have a situation here where when you go through the numbers, Oklahoma State, look at six sacks, nine tackles for loss, and how many passes defended? Seven. Seven passes defended, six sacks, nine tackles for loss. That defensive line and that front seven, Malcolm Rodriguez, Devin Harper, uh, Colin Oliver, who's a four-star, former four-star freshman dude. I mean, these guys showed up in a big way. The OU offensive line has been the second worst offensive line in the Big 12 this season. Look at it. Second worst offensive line based on sacks given up in the league. And they showed up in a big way. And, you know, Oklahoma couldn't stop them. I mean, Caleb, without Caleb Williams, who somehow people are dogging coming out of last night, which I don't understand, OU loses this game by two touchdowns. Spencer Rattler would have been sacked 10 times in this game last night. He's got no mobility. He's got no capability to get out of the pocket like Caleb Williams did in this game. And he's a big reason. Caleb Williams is a reason that this game was close. If you want to look at plays in particular, I mean, look at Eric Gray. Now, I know we had two teams. Both teams ended up muffing punts in this game. But it was Eric Gray and that muff punt by OU that really felt like it changed the momentum. Oklahoma State had momentum. But then they punted in that fourth quarter about, what, nine, ten minutes left. And when Eric Gray muffed that punt, you knew, and it certainly felt like it was going to be game over for the Oklahoma Sooners after that. And that's, that's exactly what happened in this one. It's exactly what happened. So I'm not going to sit here and point at the officials and say, you know, a, a better call here, a better call there, especially when 
let's be honest, and I say this as somebody who who has been following Oklahoma for well over a decade at this point, uh, has seen basically every OU game for over 10 years now, they are certainly the benefactors of some favorable calls over their tenure. All right? That's just a reality. That's a reality. Bart writes, OU played two very different halves. First half played well. Uh, the offense was MIA in the second half. That's exactly right. I mean, the offense didn't score a single point in the second half, right? It came on uh, It came on the Oklahoma State muff punt and then the safety. I mean, OU's offense did nothing in that second half. Absolutely nothing. So Oklahoma State is 11-1. They're going to the Big 12 championship game. They already were going to the Big 12 title game after their win last week. They are now playing Baylor. After Baylor beat Texas Tech, and Oklahoma, of course, lost this game. So it's Oklahoma State and Baylor for the Big 12 championship game uh, next week. And hats off to Spencer Sanders, by the way. Spencer Sanders, who has been, uh, you know, at times widely criticized by the Oklahoma State fan base, and that would be myself included, is he a guy that can win a conference title at quarterback? I've often questioned that. But when you got this defense and you have this run game, And uh, Spencer Sanders plays like he did last night. I mean, he had a couple of picks, but on the ground, 16 carries over 90 yards with that 37-yard touchdown run. He was decent through the air, 19 of 30 for 214 with a score. So he did enough, more than enough, to help this team get this victory. And that's something that if you're, you know, if you're an Oklahoma State fan, you've questioned Spencer Sanders for a long time. I certainly have. I was never convinced that he was a guy that could get them to this level, but he has been, and for that, he deserves an enormous amount of credit because he played the game of his life last night. I didn't know if we could ever see that kind of a game from Spencer Sanders, but when Jalen Warren wasn't getting it going on the running game early, they basically said, all right, Spencer, let's see what you got, and that uh, 37-yard touchdown run was also a game-changer momentum-wise for the Cowboys, so this is a a really just a perfect storm of a season for Oklahoma State thus far. It could be the last bedlam in Stillwater. We don't know for sure whether or not this was the last bedlam in Stillwater, but if it was, it will be one to remember, and Oklahoma State fans who were storming that field, who were having the time of their lives last night at Boone Pickens, unbelievable. Unbelievable. Let me just look at some of the comments. Uh... Dustin writes on Facebook Live, nice to see two new teams or future Big 12 teams in the title game. Uh, Let's see, what else do we have here? Tom writes, the really blatant call that went against OU was picking up the flag. Yeah, I know the one you're talking about, Tom, was when Kennedy Brooks was tackled uh, on a short gain forced a fourth down, but then I believe it was Devin Harper gave him an extra push there after the whistle had blown. Now, that's the one, if you're an OU fan, you can be most ticked off about. I agree. That's the one you can be most ticked off about, picking up that flag. I guess the officials came to the conclusion that they just couldn't hear the whistles out on the field because boom picking was, was so loud. I don't know. I don't know exactly why they picked it up. I never like when they call ticky-tacky things like that, but even so... So if OU gets a first down there, there's there's no guarantee that the outcome of that game changes necessarily. So that's why I don't like to play that game necessarily. But I do agree there, Tom, if there was one flag or one call from the officials that you could be most upset about, most bothered by, it would be that one. 
it would be that one. The picking up of the flag on the uh, penalty by Devin Harper against Kennedy Brooks. I'm with you there. So Oklahoma State, 37-33 win over the Oklahoma Sooners. Uh, Let's go to the second game that mattered the most over the weekend. That was Texas Tech taking on Baylor. And uh, Baylor snuck out with a 27-24 win. Could you imagine, by the way, if Baylor had lost that game? And then Bedlam's basically, I mean, Bedlam would have still had meaning in terms of, you know, Oklahoma State or Oklahoma possibly making a college football playoff. But if Baylor had lost that game, it would have been, no matter what happened last night in Bedlam, it would have been a Bedlam rematch in the Big 12 championship game. So uh, thankfully for Baylor, they get out of there with a victory. And if Baylor hadn't lost to TCU in that terrible loss a few weeks back, I mean, Baylor's in the conversation for a college football playoff potentially. So Baylor just does what it needs to do. Abram Smith, this guy is the most underrated player in this league that not enough people talk about. 30 carries, 120 yards, a touchdown yesterday. I mean, just churns and burns, four yards, five yards, four yards, five yards. He's not necessarily flashy like some of the guys are in the back. He's not Bijan Robinson flashy in the backfield for Baylor. But this guy, I mean, just unbelievable. The transition from a, what was he, a linebacker, I believe he was, to a running back has been awesome to watch. And because of guys like Abram Smith, because of the way this defense has played, Treston Ebner, veterans like him, who had a big game yesterday, that's why this team's playing for a Big 12 title one year after going uh, what, 2-7 and seven under Dave Aranda in his first year. And I was looking up the odds uh, earlier this morning. The preseason odds for Baylor to win the Big 12 were 80-1. to one. So if you put down 10 bucks on Baylor to win the league, you're looking at potentially $800 coming your way this Saturday if they can beat Oklahoma State, which, you know, they're not going to be favored, but it doesn't mean they can't win. They can very much win. They can get a little bit of revenge against the Oklahoma State Cowboys, who they lost to earlier this season. The quarterback situation, by the way, for Baylor is most interesting here. I don't know where Gary Bohannon is, but Blake Shapin looks solid. Like, I'm not going to sit here and say that if Baylor goes into the Oklahoma State game this weekend without Gary Bohannon, there's a huge drop-off to Blake Shapin. I I don't feel like there is. He threw for 250 yards. Didn't have any, you know, interceptions yesterday. Uh, for a guy put into a tough spot late in the season, he's looked really good. He's looked really good, and especially based on what my expectations were for this team. Um, and and so I, I think Baylor fans should have an immense amount of confidence right now based on what their team is doing and, and where they're at. And, yes, you would like to win a Texas Tech game by more and not have to sweat that game out at the end when Tech has a chance to tie it with a field goal. But either way, you got it there with a win in a rivalry game on senior day. You're going to a Big 12 title. You've got 10 wins in year two under Dave Aranda. At this point, you just got to make sure that uh, Dave Aranda doesn't go anywhere. And how about Mac Rhodes? I mean, what a couple of back-to-back hires for Mac Rhodes. Mac Rhodes ends up getting Matt Rule from Temple. Matt Rule takes this team to a Big 12 title. Then he goes off to the NFL. And now he's got Dave Aranda taking this team to a second Big 12 championship game in three years. And Dave Aranda's getting, you know, sought after by LSU and USC. Now, all reports are Bruce Feldman had a report from CBS that uh, Dave Aranda's not going anywhere, which is 
great news for Baylor. Dave Aranda is looking at signing another extension with the Bears. That's outstanding news for Baylor. It's great news for the Big 12 because everything we've heard about Dave Aranda is that he's very self-aware. Dave Aranda is a self-aware guy. He's not looking for a quick payday. He's not going to jump to USC because he grew up in Southern Cal. That's not who Dave Aranda is. And he knows LSU very well. He knows the, the pitfalls that come with that job. They just fired a guy less than two years after he won a national championship. So the fact that Dave Aranda is committed to Baylor is huge because if he's not going to go to LSU, if he's not going to take the USC job, where's a guy like Dave Aranda going necessarily? What's the SEC job that's got to open up for him to have interest? You always knew that Matt Rule, as much as Matt Rule was great for Waco and liked Waco and was good for Baylor, obviously, you always knew that Matt Rule probably wasn't a guy who was going to be there for 10 years. Right? You knew, I mean, Matt Rule interviewed for the New York Jets job after he went 1 and 11 with the Baylor Bears. Like, he always had NFL ties, he always had his eye on the NFL. He always had his case on, on what was next or looking to what was next. That's not who Dave Aranda is. And if they can keep him in uh, if they can keep him in Waco after this season with the LSU and USC job open, uh, Dave Aranda is going to be around for a long time. That's my hunch. So you got Baylor, Oklahoma State this weekend for the Big 12 title, and uh, it's going to be really fun, really fun. Uh, the other games. Of note, I want to pull up here for you. Uh, Iowa State stomping TCU 48-14 to on senior day in Ames. You know, the best moment for me from that game was not what happened on the field. It was what took place. Well, Brees Hall was amazing on the field. 18 carries, 242 yards, three touchdowns. Brees Hall was amazing. But still, the best moment, <coughs> excuse me, the best moment was what took place before the game, watching Matt Campbell crying as he's sending off these seniors like Charlie Kohler and Mike Rose and Brock Purdy. I'm not saying he's the first coach to cry sending off seniors on senior day. But this Iowa State class, this senior class, which we all admit did not live up to expectations this year. All right, they did not. They are 7-5. and five. They were uh, not favorites, but after Oklahoma, they were the favorite to win the Big 12 Conference this year. So they didn't have the year that we all expected. But when we look back on defining moments for Iowa State football, it really was this senior class that redefined Iowa State football, that made this possible. Brock Purdy picking Iowa State over Texas A&M as a four-star recruit out of Arizona. That, that, that's unfathomable to think that Iowa State would get selected by a four-star quarterback prospect from Arizona. It's not like he's an in-state kid over Texas A&M. And it completely changed the trajectory of this program, along, of course, with what that defense has done, with guys like Brees Hall and Charlie Kohler and Chase Allen and, and so many others who have made a difference with this program, with this team, and have turned it into a legitimate top 25 year-in, year-out contender. In the Big 12, and and uh, this is the story that's going to be told about this class. It's not going to be about this disappointing 7-5 and five season. It's going to be about the big picture. It's going to be about getting to a Big 12 title game, almost winning that game last year, and then winning the Fiesta Bowl over Oregon. That's what the story is going to be, and frankly, that's what the story should be. 
And then, of course, for TCU, I mean, uh, you're hitting the reset button with that program. You've got Sonny Dykes. That's your best hire. And I'm intrigued to see what Sonny Dykes does with this team. But there's not much right now to analyze with the TCU Horn Frogs on the field. All right. It's just it's there's not much there. Before we continue, um, let's just look at some of the comments here to do, 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 do see some OU fans complaining about the officiating. Nothing new there. We already went over that on the show. Uh, do, do, let's see. How about this? Oh, Elijah, have a BYU sticking it to the Pac-12. That is a great story. BYU finished up 6-0. and 6-0 oh. and oh for BYU against Pac-12 teams this year. That's amazing. A Pac-12 that didn't want to invite the other Big 12 schools because, well, they weren't good enough for them, for the mighty Pac-12. They never wanted BYU, the religious element. Screw the Pac-12. Uh, screw them, and it's a it's a group of five conference at this point, essentially. That's what it is. Future Big 12 team, BYU, goes 6-0 and against the Pac-12, beats USC last night. We've got some uh, content, actually, on the site about that game last night if you want to check it out. It's just, you think about the future Big 12, all right? You've got Oklahoma State and Baylor playing for a Big 12 title. Texas and OU are not in that game. You've got Houston and Cincinnati, two future Big 12 schools playing for the AAC title this weekend or next weekend. And then, you know, you've got BYU going 6-0 and against the Pac-12. Big 12 is going to be fine. All right? I don't care what anybody says. Big 12 is going to be fine. Uh, Patrick asks, thoughts on Matt Campbell's future at Iowa State? Well, I'm hopeful we're going to have an announcement here in the next 24 to 48 hours at the latest that Matt Campbell assigned another one of his extensions with the Iowa State Cyclones. There have been some rumors that he's turned down USC, but I can't confirm it either way. I just can't see Matt Campbell taking the USC job of all places. I can't. I, I genuinely believe in, in what Matt Campbell has got there in Ames, what he's built in Ames. And that's not to say he's going to be there till you know the end of time like Bill Snyder. I do think there are certain jobs, Ohio State, Notre Dame, maybe a Penn State, but James Franklin just signed a huge deal there. Do you think there are a couple of targeted Big Ten jobs he would listen to? I don't think those are open jobs right now. And I think that Matt Campbell has turned down a lot better jobs than USC in 2021. All right. I mean, the guy turned down the Detroit Lions for tens of millions of dollars. What was it $70 million deal he turned down last year? He's going to go to USC right now? I go to that dumpster fire? I don't think Matt Campbell's got way too much foresight for that. I don't see any way that Matt Campbell's. I believe, and I hope like heck I'm not jinxing it, that Matt Campbell is going to announce, or Iowa State's going to announce one of their classic, you know, another extension for Matt Campbell. He signed him every offseason the last three, four years, and that's going to be that. So I think Campbell is going to be A-OK. And the Iowa State fans, I get you want the confirmation, but I don't think you need to be sweating this one out. I mean, we've seen it year after year. He stayed true to Ames. He stayed true to Iowa State. And I don't believe that job is out there right now. If James Franklin, if James Franklin had taken the Florida job or the LSU job and that Penn State job is open, I'd be sweating right now if I was an Iowa State fan. I would not be right now. And I don't think you should be at all, to be honest. All right. So uh, there's, uh, there we go on that one. What else do we want to dive into? Uh, oh, we got to get into K-State, Texas. All right. So Texas is not going to end the season 
with a seven-game losing streak, all right? And that's partially – I mean, Skylar Thompson was injured, so that obviously impacted K-State not winning this game. But on top of that, uh, the K-State play calling was terrible. And I know that K-State fans are fed up with Courtney Messingham, the offensive coordinator. And they have every right to be after how that game went. I mean, you look at it. Outside of Deuce Vaughn doing his thing and Will Howard having that big 70-yard touchdown run, the offense did nothing. And frankly, if you're going to waste the junior season of Deuce Vaughn, which will be next year, with Courtney Messingham as your offensive coordinator, what a lost opportunity this would be for the Kansas State Wildcats. Deuce Vaughn does things that not many other people uh, can do. With that offense, he does it. He had 143 rushing yards in this game. He was finding holes. He was cutting back and forth. He looked great considering the entire defense was basically targeting Deuce Vaughn. But K-State fans have every right to be frustrated with Courtney Messingham's play calling, especially towards the end of that game. You can't get a yard. I mean, it's just ridiculous and so predictable as well. So predictable. But I'm also concerned for Kansas State that I don't know, like, What's your quarterback situation? Skylar Thompson's done. What are you looking at now? Will Howard? Not been impressed with Will Howard every time he stepped on the field basically for the past year and a half. And I'd like to see Jake Rubley, a highly touted prospect from a year ago, but he's redshirted, obviously, so you don't know what you have in Jake Rubley. You just don't, outside of hype around him. And, and I hope the hype pays off. I hope he is the guy, but it's all hype right now for Jake Rubley. So there are a lot of questions for Kansas State, and there's something that, you know, something at 8-4, at and four, it would have felt like a lot better season than 7-5. and five. They're still going to a bowl game. It's not like 7-5 and five is a disappointment for K-State, but you had a Texas team that was basically chalking up the season as a lost cause who had lost six in a row. You had basically had this team on the ropes going into this game. The stadium was empty in Austin on Friday morning for an 11 a.m. kickoff, and you couldn't get it done. Uh, that, that understandably will leave and should leave a bad taste in the mouths of Kansas State fans. Now, for Texas, they finished 5-7. and seven. Roshan Johnson, in place of Bijan Robinson, was actually really good. He had 179 rushing yards on the day on 31 carries with a score. But for Texas, it's all about next year. It's all about the offseason. Casey Thompson looked good. Do I believe Casey Thompson deserves to keep this job at quarterback going into the offseason? No, I'm fine with an open quarterback competition with Casey Thompson, Hudson Card, and whoever else is going to be in there. But uh, for Texas, it's all about what's happening next year. Who hangs on? Who hits the transfer portal? Who doesn't? Xavier Worthy's a stud at wide receiver. I don't think he's going anywhere, nor should he. But there is understandably cause for concern uh, for this Texas Longhorns team, you know, five and seven. That's still a, it's a terrible year by Texas standards. Terrible year. So Texas won this game, of course, 22 to 17. Not sure if I mentioned that one against Kansas State, but uh, the stories are really the offseason for each of these programs. And before we continue, got to tell you about our friends, uh, mybookie.com. They are such a great partner of ours, and that's why they have a great deal. If you're a Heartland College Sports listener, Reader, viewer, they will double your sign on deposit at mybookie.com with the promo code BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 100% sign up bonus at mybookie.com. So you put in up to $1,000 
and you still got the Big 12 championship game. You've got bowl season. You've got the NFL season heading down the home stretch. Up to $1,000, they'll match it right out of the gates. All right? They will literally, you put in $500, they'll match $500 with our promo code BIG12. That's BIG12. So get in there. Place your bets. We'll have a full preview for the Big 12 championship game this week so you can make the best bet possible. We'll give you our picks as well. Uh, when when one in four this week on the picks after going four and one last week. So I admit I'm disappointed. I should be disappointed in the picks this last week. But that means we're going to hit the reset button uh, come the Big 12 championship game this week. And mybookie.com promo code Big 12. Last but not least, West Virginia beating Kansas 34 to 28. Uh, but before I get to that, let's just look at some comments. Let's see. Do, 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 do. Uh, Craig writes, thanks for your efforts producing Heartland College Sports. Do a great job. The Big 12 will survive. Uh, thank you, Craig. And yes, it will survive. No questions asked. I, I, and thank you for all your support as well. And that's why supporting our sponsors is a great way to support this show so we can keep building the site. Um, adding people to our staff and giving you the best Big 12 coverage and content out there. Uh, what do we have here? Let's see on Facebook Live. Do you think Sonny Dykes was the best hire for TCU? Yes. Based on what was available, who's done what, what was realistic? Yes, Sonny Dykes was the best hire for TCU. Very good hire. I'm very pleased with that hire as well. All right, last game, West Virginia, Kansas. Let's be honest. They were going up against Bedlam. Did not have probably a great viewing of Big 12 fans outside of the West Virginia and Kansas faithful. The story to me, once again, is that Kansas being a three-touchdown pushover, four, five-touchdown pushover, week in, week out, those days are over. And how about Jalon Daniels? Jalon Daniels, the quarterback for Kansas, is the kind of guy with heart and soul that this program needs to get this thing on the right track. This is a guy that burnt his red shirt so that he could play these last couple of games. And the way he played, not that he's perfect, no one's going to confuse him with the Heisman Trophy contender, but he is just playing solid, more confident football. Uh, that touchdown run was impressive for him, and he went 22-32 for 250 passing yards, a score and a couple of picks. And he just feels like a guy who can lead this team in a way that some of the other quarterbacks, whether it's uh, Jason Bean, or Miles Kendrick, have not been able to this season. And that's why I really like what I've seen from Jalen Daniels here the last couple of weeks. All right, now West Virginia got the win. They are bowl eligible. But let's be honest, Neil Brown has a ways to go to get this program to where they expect to be. But I don't think, you know, you're not going to fire Neil Brown. Who are you going to hire? You've got to stay the course. Look at what Jim Harbaugh did for Michigan yesterday. If some Michigan faithful had their way, they would have fired this guy two seasons ago or last year after losing his fifth straight to Ohio State. Staying the course pays off. LSU and USC, I'm not saying they regret their moves right now, but at the same time, they're not getting the cream of the crop that they thought they were getting. Guys are staying where they're comfortable, they're staying where they're happy, and they're staying where they can make a boatload of money. Mel Tucker at Michigan State, James Franklin at Penn State. It's not the old days. You don't have to go to LSU or USC to get national notoriety and get on TV and make a ton of money. You don't have to do it. You stay the course with Neil Brown, but understandably, there should be pressure on Neil Brown as well. But if I'm West Virginia, I don't want to go into this coaching cycle with all these other open jobs available. Florida's open, trying to compete with these guys for coaches. It's just a stupid move right now. 
Yes, you want to see this team play better. Sure, you know, you shouldn't be thrilled with how they played against Kansas. Even though Kansas is better, it's still Kansas. But you're 6-6. Six and six. You've got a month now of practice or three weeks of practice to get ready for a bowl game. Use it. Use it, use it effectively and take it into the offseason. And that's what the story should be right now in, in Morgantown. You're not happy at 6-6, six and six, but you keep building this thing in the way that it needs to be built. And that's the important part right now for the West Virginia Mountaineers. I'm Pete Mundo. We're heartlandcollegesports.com. We are on YouTube, Facebook Live, of course, the podcast. Subscribe to our podcast. That's where we put the most audio content. So be sure to get on there and leave us a rating and a review, by the way, on the iTunes podcast, because that's how you get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. When you leave a rating and a review on iTunes and then send me a screenshot of your rating and review to Pete Mundo, that's M-U-N-D-O, at heartlandcollegesports.com, and you will get a free Heartland College Sports koozie. Got the logo on the koozie. Only way to get it is by leaving a rating and a review. And be sure to go to mybookie.com. Our promo code is BIG12. That's BIG12 for a 100% sign-up bonus. We appreciate you guys. I cannot believe the regular season is done. But we're going to have plenty more content. Trust me, we are not slowing down on the website, on the podcast, or anywhere else for that matter. So check us out. Subscribe. Make sure you know what's going on. And we'll talk to you guys soon. Have a great Sunday. Take care. Big 12 is going to be fine. Don't worry about it. Talk to you soon.